And welcome back to the For Films Like Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheet, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, Paper Moon, hey. the 1973 movie. But before we do any of that, ketchup, mustard, hey. condiments, lettuce. Yeah, is yes. lettuce a condiment, or is that a topping? Oh, I get... No, that would be a topping. Topping? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it has to be like some kind of a... Li- Does it have to be like in a liquid form, or can a spice well, also be a Well, sweet relish of- is mm. kind of in the middle of like chunky and like solid, mm. so yeah. it's kind of like... It's pickles. Sweet relish is pickles. Yeah. And pickles are a topping, but sweet relish is a condiment. Uh, yeah, so that's just true. maybe because that's true. it does yeah. it have to be spreadable for it to be a condiment? I, w- I would assume so. Okay. I, th- I would think I, so. I th- yeah, I think the legality of condiments yeah. is that you have, have to be to able spread to spread it. it. You have to be able to spread it. You can spread sweet relish. You can spread it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How, how about how about ass? Is that a condiment? Uh, that is the most delicious of condiments. Yes. You can spread it. You can spread that you ass. You can get right in there <laughs> and just fucking go to goddamn town. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, man. I eat ass for fun. <laughs> it's a good diet. I still haven't got in. I haven't got into it yet. No, it's pretty fun. I haven't got into yeah. it. I mean, like, uh, me and my girlfriend, we've been together for like four years now. Yeah. So I'm guessing the longer that we're together, then the more things we're going to have to try to explore sexually. <laughs> and it's like, that's not something that I've like, um, like crossed off the list of things to do yet. But I'm also like, like you know, it's, it's a possibility. No, no, yeah, not, not, not in a rush, mm-hmm. but it could happen. It could happen. It's in there. It's yeah. in the realm of. Of reality, I'm just I'm gonna, I'm, like as soon as it's more like um, like how we're having a conversation right, right now, yeah. you know, if I was able to do that like generally openly in public, then it would become more of a normal thing. Like I remember at um, I was 17 and I'd never eaten pussy before, right. ever. And um, I was asking a friend, and um, he he was like, "Yeah, man, it's just like it's it's really cool. It's just kind of like uh, you're licking like a penny." I was like, "What what do you mean?" He was like, uh, "Like if you lick like a copper penny, kind of like the taste that you get when you lick a penny, and then it's like you're licking a vagina, you kind of get a similar taste." <laughs> You know, from it, and I was like, "All right, kind of like a acidic type of flavor, a little bit." It was like, "Yeah, yeah, something like that." So it was just like that. That um, and that's not one hundred percent accurate. You know, just yeah, I gotta be honest <laughs> with you. That was not my experience. No, 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 no. You know, just just because there's a number of different vaginas and there's a yeah. number of different diets. You know, that's that you're true. gonna have. So I mean, it's not always gonna taste like that. But it was just just being able to have an open conversation with someone and their exact experience right. made me more you know prone to try it. That's re- that's really funny. So. I, uh, I I think it's hilarious the things that people will talk about and the things that people will not talk about. Yeah. Like if you talk about someone about the fact that maybe one day you want to get punched in the face while someone's fucking you, yeah. they get suddenly all weirded out, but they have mm-hmm. no problem talking about eating ass. And it's just like you can't, uh, you can't choose and pick. I like what you do. If there. you initiate mm-hmm. this conversation, yeah. you're getting mm-hmm. the conversation. Oh, yes. You're going to get it. You uh, can't open you're the door. Get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you open the door, you fucking walk in, buddy. Yes. I am not censoring myself. <laughs> For your vanilla ass. No, no, not, not once happening. you open the door. Not once you open the door. No, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I'm cool if the door stays closed. Yep. There's a screen door in it. Yep. That's a filter. Yep. I can go through that. Yep. Once you fucking unclick that <laughs> lock and you open that door, mm-hmm. it's fucking, free, it's fucking like, what's it called? Uh, uh, free uh, fire, pan- free fire. Oh, like you, a Pandora's box. I was thinking about like Pandora's <laughs> box. Yeah, it's fucking fire at will. Yeah. It's any one of those metaphors that you know are associated with that. Not giving a shit. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was, um, 
I, I was uh, at work today. You noticed it was raining a good bit this this week. Yeah, an obscene amount. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion. And so I was um, at work. I was coming back in, and I was like, "Yeah, it's still raining." And the older lady was like, "Yeah, it's raining cats and dogs out there." And then I was saying to myself, "I'm like, okay, there's another one of those expressions that I was like, where, where does that come from? You know, right. Where does it come from? Because I'm like, I don't see any cats or dogs. You know, it's like they're not the shape of dogs. They're not large. Like I don't get what where that's coming from. So we looked it up. Right. You know, um, looked it up, and they said the original origin was from the early 1700s in England, to where there would just be so much rain that they would look out their window and there would just be floods in the streets of water and in these floods it would just be stray cats and dogs oh. dead in these pools of water. So it's like when, you know, nine-year-old, they wake up in the morning and then they see just dead cats and dogs floating, you know, by their house. Yes, it's raining it's cats. actually raining cats and dogs. That makes me sad, but I'm, I feel so much better knowing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, um, I, I was telling the same lady because it's like about the expressions. I was like, the, the more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, where, where are you getting these things from it's like early 1700s is a guy sitting there by himself on a log with with a dead cat in his hand and and a guy walks up to him he's like hey wait jimmy what's the problem hey yeah man like i'm, I'm trying to skin my cat here but my, my skin and knife is, is dead my skin and knife is dull i can't skin my cat my my skin and knife is just too dull to skin this cat he was like listen, listen here jim bob i don't know if you know this but there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> Just because your, your cat skin and knife is dull don't mean you can't skin a cat many different ways. So, so I'm like, where are you coming up with these things? It's like, is that the etymology, etymology of that? I, so, <laughs> I, would, I would assume so. You know? like, there's no, like there's no possible way in my mind hmm. that there's not a guy literally trying to skin a cat yeah. and not figuring it out. Yeah. And another guy walks in and is like, no, 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 listen. Yeah. There are more than one ways to skin a fucking cat. Yes. Let me teach you. And then they skin a cat together. Yep. They start bonding, and then they have an illegal gay relationship in the 1700s. All right, that turned that's, a little bit. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that turned a bit. Cause You've I, never bonded with someone while skinning a dead cat? Mm, no, nah, nah, yeah. <laughs> But I would like to know, it's like, why, why did they Fucking go sp- specifically to that? Because yeah. you could say anything. There's more than one way to do anything. Well, the, yeah, there's more than one way to skin a deer. There's more than one way to shit in a house. Yes. It's like, why, yeah. why, why specifically go to that? Like, was that like the big thing to do in a period of time to where it was just on people's minds so much? Maybe there was just like a big period where people just skin cats all skin the time. Cats. Maybe there was just a lot of cats. Yeah. And they made like cat fur things, which Got makes it. me sad because I fucking love cats. <laughs> so this is a bummer. But... <laughs> Don't skin your cats. It's not the but, 1700s. No, no, don't don't skin your cat. But mm-hmm. if you if you do, j- just so you know, there's more than one way to do it. <laughs> there's, there's more than one way to do it. Just so you know, I mean, that's that's all I was saying. It's good to know. It's a yeah. good thing to know. There's a um, there, there was a television show that uh, that came came back out this this week. Uh, Atlanta. Oh yeah. Uh, Donald Glover. Is that the first episode since, first since episode. the other season? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's very very good. Um, I don't know how what people's what the reception was from this first episode. Like. I just watched it, and I I I, I gauge I gauge that that people had to have been feeling the same as I did about it from watching it because I had no one, I had no idea what in the fuck this is. Like I was saying, it looks like it was recorded, you know, for VHS, you know, and then the 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 it's shaky, it's grainy as fuck. Like the dimensions are off. Like it just looks weird as all fuck. But the comedy there is still there, you know, times a thousand. It's funny as fuck. That's what that's what I feel like. I haven't watched Atlanta just because I haven't sat down and watched it. Yeah. But I know knowing Donald Glover mm. that it's gonna be so fucking funny. Yeah. Because he has that absurdist sense of comedy. Definitely. And it's just like. 
like fucking. I just want to consume. I just got to sit down and like just put it in my face. Man, yeah, it's like as as a creator, uh, artist, just and just someone that that likes to see the the boundaries being pushed forward. Like that show, like regardless of if you dig the comedy or not, you'll love from what he's doing just from pushing the boundaries. Like he's he's definitely doing that. Nice. It's uh, really that's nice. fucking awesome. Donald yeah. Glover is one of my favorite people in like in the industry in general. He's just so fucking good. He really is. Um, you see anything this week? I did actually. There is a you know the show Everything Sucks on Netflix. On Netflix, yeah, I've, the, I've heard of it. The nineties, whatever the fuck thing. Yeah, uh, I I watched that like the entire fucking thing mm. on thir- on Friday mm-hmm. uh, with Taylor. We just sat down and we bench watched. It. Nice. Shout <laughs> out to Taylor. Shout out to Taylor. And uh, it was surprisingly good. Hey. It was surprisingly fun. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Surprisingly well made. I expected it to be just kind of like. When I heard, like, in the 90s, it's just going to be like, ah, it's going to be fucking Stranger Things without the monsters uh, and the nostalgia. Almost. Uh, that was 80s for Stranger Things, though. So. No, 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 I know. But it's oh. going to be like like eighty like Stranger Things without the monsters and the 90s nostalgia. All right. That's what I, that's what I thought it was going to be at first. So I wasn't excited for it. I yeah. didn't really care. Okay. But Taylor wanted to watch it. And it's actually, like, a really cute, like, coming-of-age type story. Yeah. Uh, set in the 90s. And my favorite thing about it is that I'll, when it's set in the 90s, even though the shot, the show's shot in HD, yeah, they put the color correction and the color temperatures and the saturation of the colors As if it to some, yeah, something that would be more akin to the '90s yeah. cameras instead of like now cameras. Yeah, and I enjoy that level of technicality because it was just super fun to see. Like, oh fuck, this looks just like the '90s, yeah. but it's in high definition. Oh yeah, if we had high definition cameras in the '90s, that's what the show would look like. Yeah, and not only <laughs> that, but it's it's so like. Like, well-directed in a way that I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. Because some of the cuts are hilarious. But I I, I, fuck, I don't know if you know this, but I fucking love zoom shots. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Zoom shots are one of the funniest things in any, like, in Hollywood. Just in the <laughs> film industry. Oh, comedically, yeah. They are fucking hilarious yeah. pretty much wherever you put them. They make me laugh. All right. And this show takes really good advantage of the zoom shots. Because it was a it was a really popular technique back yeah. in the '90s to use zoom to oh, yeah. like emphasize a moment. Yeah, and, this and not, show, not even comedically in the '90s. Like we weren't right. Even, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like watching it now, you can get like the comedy from it. Like yeah. y'all were being serious back then when you were doing this. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why they're so funny because mm. they're kind of making they're tongue in cheek about like what the '90s were. Yep. But also they're embracing that weird '90s filmmaking, mm-hmm. and so just every time there's a zoom in this fucking show. I just giggle to myself, and a couple of them had me straight up fucking dying. Nice. More than any joke that the show had done, like in writing. Yeah. It's just like the just the close up on someone's like fucking face. Yeah. When something happens, and they're just like dead faced, <laughs> and it's a zoom shot. Like it's not, it doesn't even move like maybe like three inches in the screen. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> so everything sucks is really good. Like just like one night binge because it's only ten episodes. Yeah. It's just like a one night binge, fucking just have fun show. Huh. It's really good, and like the 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 performances are really fun, and it's 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 just funny. I, I was, I'm, like I, I believe I can eventually get around to seeing it, but like when I'm hearing about it, it makes me think of, hey, do you want to watch a show from from the time that you were growing up in the '90s? But like, yeah, I watched Save, Save by the Bell all the time. Like it actually <laughs> happened in the '90s. Like, hold on, hold on, do you want to watch a show that's like that, but we're kind of just mimicking what happened in the '90s and then putting a mirror to yourself? Right. I'm like, oh yeah, that, I do. But it's the like, reason why I think it's interesting is yeah. because it doesn't have that that sitcom vibe to Ooh, it. Like it's yeah. very much. 
a, a, like a, a purposeful story written uh, from one character's point of view yeah, yeah. instead of just having that like wide shot single camera yeah. sitcom vibe That's it's very, much it's safe very cinematic yeah uh, uh, and, and the way that you don't really expect it to be it being from the mimic in the 90s yeah and I, I just think it works. I think it's like a like when you nostalgize something in the way that Stranger Things does it, mm-hmm. you have to take the things that worked from that time and oh, yeah. you have to modernize the things that don't. Yeah. And it's a very weird balance to strike, especially after Stranger Things did it so well with oh, the 80s. Oh, yeah. And this show, Everything Sucks, did it really well with the 90s. Please tell me there's a few things that I, that I would need to see here. Um, either Walkmans or the, uh, the CD players, like uh, portable CD players. They don't. The, uh, this, I think, this is the period in the '90s where people still use mostly cassettes. Oh, so the Walkmans. Yeah, right, so they use mostly cassettes. You don't see Walkmans, but you see cassettes. You that's, see that's Surge. A, that's a Walkman. Yeah. Walkmans are just a handheld thing that you put a cassette inside of. Yeah, yeah, I know, no, but you don't see the. Actual oh, you're, oh, sorry. You okay. just see like cassette I got you. tapes. Okay. Uh, you see the old like JVC like uh, big blocky fucking cameras. Yep. Because uh, the the show takes place when these kids join the audiovisual club at the. Oh, AV clubs, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like really relatable for people. Like in the, the the main kid's making a movie mm. in the school, and you see like all the frustrations of like uh, yeah. you can tell that the writers had made a product before and were mm. frustrated and they just inserted it into it. And it's yeah. really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, but just like you see Surge, you see like those. You know those weird silly putty things that you stick your finger in. They oh, silly putty! Hell yeah! Yeah. Well, they're not silly putty. They're just like a weird goo, and then you stick your fingers in it and mm. it farts. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, that, yeah, you know yeah, is? like the Slimer stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. That, it's just one guy does that, and yeah. it's funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> know, it's, 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 it's stupid, but yeah. it's funny. I, I enjoyed it, yeah. I enjoyed it. I also started watching every, The End of the Fucking World. Yes. Uh, I liked it a lot. You feel, I, how far did you get into it? I got like three episodes in. All right. Here's the thing, I liked it a lot. I don't think I could watch it in a binge, mm. because I get so tired of everybody yeah. <laughs> talking like, dad, fuck that guy. The kid fucked the guy. The mm. lady made me want to punch myself in the eye. So, like, I, I, I laugh at it. Yeah. I enjoy it. I can't do it for more than three episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. And I need, like, a week <laughs> in between. between. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's, really, it's really well made. It's oh, fun. yeah. Definitely so. I mean, I, I, I just enjoy seeing uh, the British, their, their sense of humor and their, their <laughs> deadpan type of uh, delivery. I, I, I like love that show, too, man. Yeah. That, that's my jam. There's a show. I, I, I probably talked about it. But there's a show, a British show. About like three fast food workers, mm-hmm. and it's one of the funniest shows that I've seen on Netflix. I forget what it's called. Okay, it's it's you'll find it on Netflix in the Brit humor section. Yeah. It's like a gorgeous black-haired girl and like an awkward, tiny, skinny Brit. Oh, nice! It's really good. Hey. Anyway, what have you have you seen anything? I, I also seen um, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Fuck yeah! Uh, I seen that a couple of days ago, and afterwards, like I immediately text Jonathan Jonathan Smathers if um, mm-hmm. you guys remember him from the show. Shout out to Johnny! I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, have you seen this movie? He was like, <laughs> we yeah. saw it together. I was like, so why is it that I haven't heard like peeps like why why are you not telling me about this about this being like one of the best movies of 2017? He was like, ah, oh, well, it just didn't really hit me that much. You know, it's like the writing was whatever, like the movie was whatever. I mean, it was like an eight out of ten. I was like, all right, let me tell you right now. <laughs> that and the Oscars will be tonight, so just going to put me on record, on record. And, and shit, it's like I, I kind of, I kind of hedging myself because this is the reason that I don't feel 100, 1000 percent confident about what I'm about to say. Right. I didn't see the movie uh, Phantom Thread, and I didn't I see, see Phantom Thread, and either. I didn't see Call Me by Your Name. I haven't seen Call Me by Your Name. I, I didn't. Everything else, as far as um, any of the, um, I think I saw most. I think I seen we all saw the, most yeah. Oscars every, nominated. Every single everything else that was nominated. Did you see the Darkest Hour? Seen Darkest Hour. Nice. What do yes. you think about that one? 
Uh, like eight out of ten. Out of ten. Like in technicality, or like do you like the? No, I didn't like them. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, like them. didn't even talk about it. Like no, <laughs> no. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, there's an extra sock inside my oh. sweatpants, oh. and I just no, that's mine. Oh, just, that's yours. Okay. Just got dressed haphazardly and just threw just stuff threw on. Something in there. Yeah, no underwear, but three socks for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it's cold. You gotta keep your dick warm, you know. <laughs> All right, but um, so so yeah, like, Master, like, what about about this movie? So um, so I seen it, and like I said, this is I, I'm hedging my bet a little bit because, like I said, I haven't seen Phantom Thread, haven't seen um, didn't see Call Me by Your Name. Okay. But as far as um for the awards, I want to go ahead and put on notice that Sam Rockwell will be winning the Best Supporting Actor for Three Billboards. Oh, Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards was so fucking he, good. He will dude. be winning Best Supporting Actor, and um, and Frances McDormand, McDormand or McDorma. Mc- McDormand. I think it's McDormand. McDormand, yeah. She's going to be winning for the uh, the best best actress and uh, best lead actress in, in a film. You know, that those are my only two calls. See, I, I really love Three Billboards Outside Every Missouri. Yeah. And it's it's definitely, uh, I think I gave it a shout out. In the, it didn't make my top 10 in 2017 because there were so what? many good movies. But because we had Shape of Water, Baby Driver, and we have, I forgot what my top third. It's like top five for me yeah. if like look retroactively. Um, so like it didn't make it in, but it, it is one of my favorite movies of oh, 2017. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's really funny. Yes. The acting's amazing. Great acting. Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite characters yep. in that movie. Oh yeah. And uh, it's directed by Martin McDonough. Mm-hmm. And he's one of my favorite directors. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just the way that he makes people talk yeah. is amazing. Oh yeah. And like, and Frances McDormand killed it. Yes, she fucking she's killed awesome. it. She's awesome. That being said, I think because Three Billboards is such a weird shade mm-hmm. of dark comedy. Like, it's oh, really yeah. dark comedy. Oh yeah. But it's also really serious and yeah. takes itself really seriously, and the, so. the, and it's quite dramatic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the Academy is going to be able to appreciate that oh, dissonance do. of dark comedy, mm. and then like. How serious the actual I mean, plot of the movie is? I mean, that's that. That would be like if we're talking about plot, then we're talking about like best screenplay or best picture. Like right. the only thing I can attest for is that the best actors. You know, no, so, no, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, what, what I'm saying is because of the movie's qualities and the movie's style, like the Martin McDonough style. Oh yeah. Uh, it, I find it difficult for people to watch the movie and not feel so uncomfortable by yes. the movie that they won't appreciate the movie. Definitely agree. And therefore, take it apart. From like a lot of the the merits that it should deserve. Yes, I agree. Like best performances should go to like some of these people. They should oh, at yeah. least be nominated. I mean, they are. Yeah, uh, they are. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I haven't read anything about them. <laughs> yeah, like out of the out of the the, the nom- out of the people that are nominated and the movies that are nominated, like those are the only two that I feel very confident. Like I, I think Shape of Water is going to win Best Picture. Is Sally Hawkins nominated for yeah. Best Actor? Yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, it's she. And what's the name? The other uh, Greta is it, what's Greta Gerwig from um. Uh, well, Blade Greta Gerwig is the director. Yeah, who's the the, the lead uh, Sowers, actress? Sowers Sorshi Ronan is the actress. Yeah, I can, I can never pronounce her name because it's a weird Irish bullshit name. Yeah, but, but she she's up against Frances McDormand and um, the lady that plays her mother in Lady Bird. She's up for best supporting actor in there as well. So it's right. like, but those are the only two that I'm feel comfortable calling. Like best picture could go to Get Out. It can go to Shape of Water. It could it can go to a dark yeah. horse like um like Baby Driver. Like honestly, for best picture, so it's like those I'm not super sure about, but. I best think for actor. best picture is either going to be Phantom Threat, which I haven't seen, haven't seen like I but I know the the like how gorgeous that movie looks yep. just based on the images I've seen. Yep. And Shape of Water, my two picks for oh yes, for best picture. Shape of Water is mine yeah. right now. Best screenplay, it, it's online with three billboards. Mm-hmm. If it's not, I don't know if it's nominated or not. Yes, it is. It and is, Get Out too. And Get Out's nominated. Mm-hmm. See, Get Out, I I I want to say that as good a screenplay as it is, I wouldn't put it in like best original screenplay. It has to. 
That's yeah. original. Like if it was adapted, like all right, but it's like it's the most original idea that we've seen in a mainstream movie in quite a while. Like not in an original idea in a movie, right? Just in a, a mainstream a, movie. In a mainstream but, that everybody got to absorb. But we, uh, but in terms of like best original, like best original property, mm. I mean, it's running against three billboards, oh, yeah. running against Shape of Water, yeah. it's running against Baby Driver. Mm. Which, although it's not amazingly written in terms of plot, yeah. the technicality that has to come in writing that script and the originality of that idea, mm. I don't know. It's, it's got a lot of competition. Like, if it was 2016, I'd say Get Out is probably going to win. Oh, yeah. Or 2017, I'd say Get Out is probably going to win. Um, I mean, yeah, 2016. But, like, 20, I don't know, 2017, it's got a lot of competition for original oh, yeah. screenplay. Oh, yeah. So, like, even though I think it deserves an award... I'm much more comfortable saying that Shape of Water or Phantom Thread are going to get best. Shape of Water is my call. That's my call. I think Shape of Water is going to get a shitload of awards. I think at least one. I I don't know. Like I said, the same way you were talking about with three billboards, with I don't know how they're able to digest that movie and see it for exactly what it is. If they're seeing Shape of Water for what it is, then it shouldn't walk away with less than three Oscars, like straight up. Right, yeah, absolutely. But but, honestly, I don't think it's going to walk away with less than one. Well, if if it's it's the Shape of Water is is nominated in like best production or like best set design, I think it should win best set design, best makeup. It's probably gonna win best makeup if it's yeah. nominated. If it's that. on there for the yeah. So it's taken at least two. I think it's taken at least two Oscars home, either best makeup or best set design. It's gonna take one of those. It's, it's on there for uh, for best musical score as well. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. That yeah. I don't keep up with the Oscars. I really don't. But I want Shape of Water to win awards. I want Three Billboards to win some awards. Oh yeah. I want Get Out to win some, but I don't think it's going to win any in the best original screenplay just because it's up against Shape of Water. This this is the uh, the list. The five yeah. is uh, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Get Out, The Big Sick, and Lady Bird for best original screenplay. The Big Sick, That's people huge. love that. I haven't seen That's it. Huge. People fucking love it. Yes. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's up in the air. Yeah. This one is just kind of finding out. But yeah. I want Shape of Water to walk away with something really big, like best picture or best original screenplay. I would too. Because I think it deserves it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, Oscars are tonight. Yes, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I never watch them, I always <laughs> catch up the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I guess it's just like, um, like a, a ego maybe thing for me, maybe because, like, or, or just because we're well, even before the show, it's like if you're watching all of these shows anyway, and then you decide. I know what movies are good, yeah. you know, so it was like you go through and picking all the movies that you had decided are the best movies and the best actors, and then you kind of get to see if your opinions are validated in a way, yep. in a way, because even if you decide that it is and the critics decide that, that still doesn't mean much. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know but still, yeah. Uh, but I'm excited. Sam Rockwell should get something for yeah. Best Supporting Actor, because yes. he did amazing in the in, yes, in he did. Triple Birds. Yeah. It's so great. Love that. Uh, when did you watch it? Uh, this week sometime, like uh, Monday or Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. I fucking love that movie. Hells yeah. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah, man. Uh, anything else? Oh, no. I'm, I'm ready okay. to get to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into uh, Paper Moons. Hey, hey. Uh, be paper right moon. back. <laughs> Plural moons. Moons. Is it moon or is it paper moon? Paper moon. Paper moon. <laughs> And welcome back to the For Film's Sake podcast. Chris is doing a wiggle. Like the, the Squidward. It's just the, the, yeah, the Squidward. Yeah, it's the Squidward wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> it just loosens everything's up. SpongeBob. Hell yeah, I man. love Squidward. I love SpongeBob. Yeah. Have you seen the anime openings for SpongeBob? 
Someone, someone made SpongeBob if it was an anime, and it's <laughs> fucking amazing. I gotta send this to you once the show's done. If if there was a, a character in SpongeBob SquarePants that you had to hang out with and be best friends with for like a year and live with this person and roommates, who would it be? Squidward. See, now I asked this question to Tessa. Yeah. Now, now, if you remember as a SpongeBob fan, now um, there was an episode where Squidward got tired of everybody around him, so he moved into a gated community with nothing but other squids. Yeah. And everybody else played the flute and was into everything that he was into. And then after like a month of living with him, he realized that he hated himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being around a bunch of people that were exactly like him. <laughs> and like, then, yeah. No, I, I can relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't look in the mirror too much. <laughs> Squidward or Sandy? Squidward or Sandy? Sandy, yeah, Sandy. Sandy's Sandy, Sandy Cheeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can learn karate. Yeah. I can half cool shit. I fuck with Sandy. Uh, yeah. uh, get some squirrel ass. Get some, <laughs> get some of them Sandy Cheeks. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. All right, I hid myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Paper Moon. Go pa- ahead. Paper Moon. <laughs> Uh, Paper Moon is a PG movie. It's a one hour and 42 minute runtime. It's a comedy drama that came out in 1973. Uh, The rundown is during the Great Depression, a con man finds himself saddled with a young girl who may or may not be his daughter. And the two forge an unlikely partnership. Uh, The director is Peter Bogdanovich and the writer is Alvin Alvin Sargent uh, for the screenplay. It stars Ryan O'Neill, Tatum O'Neill and Madeline Kahn. Okay. The, uh, the first time this movie was brought up was uh, like I said, episode fourteen. We were talking to uh, to Lon Bumgarner right. about some of the uh, like classics in um, in American film uh, cinema, and he knew well about uh, more about Tatum O'Neill than I did, just because I'm born in 1984 and he's born right. in like 1912. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but due to that, he 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 was able to grow up with Tatum O'Neill and understand like his impact on society. None of that meant anything to me. Like yeah, I don't. Tatum O'Neill impacted me 0% growing up, you know, but uh, going back and watching these people that impacted, you know, culture so much now, I'm like, fuck, dude, like Tatum O'Neill is now one of my favorite actors. Well, this is Paper Moon, I guess I should preface this. Ryan O'Neill is the main guy. Yes. Who's Tatum? Tatum is his daughter. The little girl? I thought her name was Maddie Kahn. Madeline Kahn is uh, Trixie Delight. Oh, okay. That confused me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, so Ryan O'Neill, like he was just awesome in in films, and then eventually he brought his daughter Tatum O'Neill, and even to today, she's the youngest Oscar winner in the history of Oscars in really? general ever. An Oscar nine, like a, like a and for that performance, yeah. In uh, yeah. in Paper Moon, she was the youngest to ever get it. Before that, it was um, what's the girl from um, Redhead Annie? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Annie. Uh, the, Annie. Uh, Raggedy Ann. Annie. No Annie. Annie. No. Annie? No. You never heard Annie? No. The little girl, she sings songs. Annie. She's the, the ones that tap dancing with yeah, yeah, the black yes. suit in the stairs? Yep, yep. Okay. same person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah her. She, okay. uh, she, won a, uh, she won an Oscar for her performance being a little kid or whatever, but this is the first time since and it's held up. Uh, other nominations, where you're talking about Madeline Kahn, Tricks of Delight, she was nominated in this movie, but she was nominated for Best Supporting Role. Uh, she didn't win that. The movie was also nominated for Best Writing and Adapted Screenplay. And for the uh, and for sound and for sound design, right. so it ended up getting a lot of acknowledgement in 1974. But it's not a movie that you're going to hear people talk about in night in 2018. No, it's not. And and, and I, I listen. I got to be honest with you. I, I like I looked up the movie mm-hmm. and I appreciate a lot of the things that the movie did. Yeah. I mean, obviously the performance by the O'Neills is oh yeah, all of them, fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Like their dynamic is really good. Madeline Kahn as well. Uh, Madeline Kahn is good, I guess. But I. I, I, I 
her character annoyed me so much that I think I'm stilted. Uh, you know, but they were really good performances for everybody. All amazing, around. yes. Uh, but like, it, it, I acknowledge that the movies. I didn't have fun watching the movie. Right. I didn't enjoy watching this movie. Mm. I acknowledge a lot of the things that it did, and a lot of like why people think it's really good, and like why it got other recognition that it does. Oh yeah. But watching this movie to me felt like a chore. It was I mean, a really hard watch. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I enjoy with film, I guess. Just because, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I have a list of, like, films that I like. Like, coming into, like, film score, just diving into films in general. Mm-hmm. It's like I had a short box of, like, like Friday is good. I like Friday. You know, it's right. like because I have people that I identify with and things that I enjoy. But then, like, going outside of my box and then just, like, not understanding why this is good at all. And that's what, what I would just get into, like, the objective stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I don't... If I'm not identifying with the things that are going on, on the screen, then the only thing that I can judge it for is the things that it's actually doing from what it actually does. So right. I'm like, but regardless of that, I did actually love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this one in particular. I, I, I couldn't, uh, and, and, and maybe it's one of those things where I was just like, I'm just like in the mood where this type of movie is just like intrinsically hard to watch because of the, like, the, the movie doesn't have a lot of energy is in terms what? of... No, it's the movie doesn't have a lot of energy in terms I of like... I disagree, but I'll, I'll finish the yeah, point. Things that, that, like everything that happens in the movie is just kind of subdued and it's all conversations, which is great, right? It, it's fine. I think the, the cinematography is done really well. It's amazing cinematography. Uh, like the wide shots are some of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Some of the wide shots are really pretty and then oh, yeah. we, it had a lot of moving camera shots mm-hmm. That I think are were gorgeous, especially yes. with the movie being in black and white. Yeah, and it, it didn't have it, to be. Like it, it didn't have to be. Yeah, mm. but it just looked it looked fucking pretty. Like yeah. they made choices, obviously, to reflect the fact that it's in the depression era. Yes, and, and I acknowledge all of that. Mm. That being said, the movie felt like such a chore to me because, and this is part of like that maybe that millennial brain activity, mm. where a lot of the scenes were just so mind-numbingly long. Where I had gotten the point of the scene mm-hmm. three minutes before the scene was over, yeah, and that happened consistently throughout the entire movie. That's that's um yeah I, I do agree a little bit with the millennial thing, mm-hmm. but I guess it's kind of like a thing and something we're going to talk about later yeah. on another episode about how things have changed and uh, attention spans have changed. Yeah. You know, before anything that you're watching in the '50s, '60s, and '70s, shots hold for a lot longer, yeah. and and now like if you get something in nine the '90s, 2000s, and afterwards, people don't have the attention span. So even if it's a choice to, to dramatically sit with something, it's that even that choice itself is going to be a lot shorter than that choice would be in the 60s and 50s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the cinematic language has shifted oh, significantly. Yeah. And, and I can't knock on the movie for doing that. But me as a watcher right now, mm. never having seen this movie before, having no sense of nostalgia attached to the movie mm. at all whatsoever, because I did not know about the movie until I watched it. Mm. I, it, it just it just took a lot out of me, man. Mm. It took so much out of me. Yeah. Like there were shots that hold on for like it was like a four minute conversation. Yeah, and I got the point of that conversation thirty seconds in the in the in the scene, mm. and it was just three minutes and a half of me just going like fucking get on with it. It's, it's, it's that kind of energy. Um, I was bored a lot through the movie. Mm. The only parts that I really enjoyed was watching, of course, Ryan and what's the, Tatum. Tatum mm. watching them interact was really fun yes, because they had a really good dynamic and their performance is really good mm-hmm. and they're obviously, you know, they're obviously comfortable with each other being father oh, yeah. and daughter and all yeah. that shit yeah. and the naturalism of that definitely comes through on the screen. Oh, I, I acknowledge all of that but it was just so fucking long. It's, it's, I mean, it's an hour and like 30 minute movie but it felt <laughs> like I watched 
two hours and a half worth of movie. I, I guess it's, it's a different yeah. it's a different kind of movie. Like some movies, like they kind of um, they they attack you, and and that's kind of what I what I like about um like I love Lucy, like a older older mm-hmm. type shows, to where it's like they're not gonna engage you so much as you have to engage it. You know, and that's that's what right. you're getting a lot from from this movie. It's like if you choose not to engage with this movie, then you're not gonna take much, you know, because like everything from it is from you engaging in it and deciding that you want to be a part of this five hour conversation or this five minute conversation that could have been done in two minutes. Yeah. So what are you getting from these last three minutes? It's just the interaction of characters. But um for me, like this this thing is hilarious. It's it's, it's funny. It's, it's a funny movie. It's like as far as like a comedy, like I don't, I, I would prefer a comedy like this over like a slapstick uh, type of type of comedy, I mean, and yeah. and comedy just isn't done this way that often in uh, in the last twenty years. You know, if you get in a comedy and in love, and also on top of that, from from what I was saying. If you look at the Oscars now, since we were talking about the Oscars, mm-hmm. you're not going to see a comedy or a horror get nominated for anything, really. Right. And this is one of the few times in history to where a pure comedy was actually being, been able to be recognized, you know, that way. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call this as a pure comedy. It was a comedy drama. I yeah, mean, but it's it like, like a dramedy. But, yeah. Well, comedy first, then drama. Like, that's what I'm saying. But, like, you can get dramedies that'll mm-hmm. get nominated, but you won't get something with a header of this is a comedy with parts of other things inside of yeah. it to be nominated in a way like this. But, like, this right here is just the, the comedy in it for me wasn't in the jokes. The comedy was in it for in the tension and the, the drama between that tension. Uh, my, my, here, let me point out some of my favorite scenes here. Um, earlier on, so um, we, we first meet, the very first shot that we get is seeing uh, Tatum O'Neill opens up. And it uh, looks like in dusty uh, Kansas yeah. in, in the middle of uh, 1934. So it's in the, the Great Depression. And they're burying her mother in the middle of a field. It's not even like a, a, fun- like a, a plot. There's not other grave sites around. Yeah, it's, just, just, a, it's just a plane. Yeah, they just, well, just planes. off in the dusty field. I mean, it's just like, this is where we live. Your mother just now died. Let's go out in the backyard and bury her for the most mm-hmm. part is what that is. So we, um, while we're seeing that and we got a close-up of, uh, of her face, we finally zoom out and then we see a guy uh, driving up, coming off of a dirt road and walking up in his suit. Uh, he walks up and they, um, they're basically trying to find out. I was like, where are you going to? Why are you here? He's like, oh yeah, I met this lady. You know, she was a dancer, met her at a bar. We were really good friends, you know, so I just wanted to come pay my respects. Right. And um, so he does that and he's like, oh, well, if you're going to be going to Missouri or wherever he's going, then you might as well take this little girl too because she only has um, one person left in family and you're going that way, so you might as well take her with you. So in his mind, like, like I said uh, in the description, this guy's a con artist. Yeah. You know, so it was like, all right, well, what can I get out of this? So he takes a daughter, takes him to a, <laughs> takes him to a shop, has him introduce him to the man. It was like, so, um, so you know, I could leave, but you know, your brother did kill this this little girl's little girl's mom. You know, so I could just go to a, to a lawyer and then have all of your business and everything tied up for a good amount of time, or you can just give me a thousand dollars. I'll give it to this this little girl and her family, and we'll be about our business. Right. It was like I give you two hundred dollars. Now this little girl, super smart as hell, she's just like standing outside of the door, listening to the whole conversation. She knows exactly what's going on. The guy gets the two hundred dollars. He goes and spends sixty-seven dollars on uh, on new tires. Mm-hmm. You know, questions like. Car adornment and like a hood ornament. Yep, yep. Just wasting money immediately of this two hundred dollars he just got. And Addie, she knows that that two hundred dollars is hers. That he just spent, you know, over a third of it on something that's not going to her. So mm-hmm. she's questioning about it. Where's my two hundred dollars? And it comes to a head when they get to a restaurant, and he's uh he's gonna get her something to eat on the way to take her to her aunt's house. So he's, she's like, um, so you you are you my daddy? 
He's like, I ain't your daddy. Why would you think I'm your daddy? I'm just doing you a favor. I'm taking you over, you know, to see your family. They're across the road. I'm about to take you to go see him. Well, if you're not my daddy, then you said you met my mama at a ballroom. He's like, lots of people meet, meet, meet women at a ballroom. Don't make them your daddy. He's like, yeah, but we got the same jawline. We kind of look alike. He was like a bullfrog and look like a, don't mean I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bullfrog's daddy, you know, yeah. just because you look like it. You know, so just trying to dispel the, the idea that he should be responsible for this little girl, yeah. you know, in, in total. You know, he's not trying to have any of that. So she was like, all right, I'll see where you're going. So if you don't want to claim responsibility for me, then how about you give me my $200? (laughs) You know, I want my $200. He was like, well, I'll give you $200, but you see, I'm driving you all the way clear across the state, and I believe I should be entitled to some of that money, don't you think? And then she was like, no, give me my $200. (laughs) You know, and it's it's a whole scene. And what what makes this scene one of my favorite uh, scenes in just in cinematic history, Mm -hmm. period, in general, is is that there's people in the background, and they're trying not to pay uh, attention to a conversation conversation that's just supposed to be happening between a, a father and a daughter mm-hmm. but the conversation just continues to escalate louder and louder and to the point to where he just slams his fist on the table <laughs> you know just pissed off about this money because this little girl is just being a straight asshole she knows what she wants and it's hers and she wants it back she's pissed the fuck off the waitress comes up to him it was like uh say say sweeties um are you, you're gonna you're gonna buy your uh you're gonna eat the rest of your if you're knee high and your Coney Island. It was like her name ain't precious. <laughs> you know, it's just I'm I'm loving the the tension. You know, just between like you said the the father and the son dynamic, mm-hmm. the acting from everyone in the room surrounding, like the extras, everyone in on the uh, on the set seemed like very good actors. I mean, well as they were nominated. Yeah, they yeah. were. You know, it was just like, wow. I, 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 like the, I like the tension between, you know, the O'Neills. Like, that was genuinely a really great part of the film. And oh, it yeah. carried throughout the entire part of the film. And without that, the movie wouldn't be half of what it is mm. in terms of critical acclaim. Yeah. That being said, anything beyond that, for me, just didn't do a whole lot. I, I mean, I understand. Like, I mean, uh, and 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 like, like that scene at the bar. It was like, oh yeah, that's a really cute, tense moment. I knew where it was going. Two minutes into I that mean, scene, yeah, and, and you... so I couldn't engage with it on that that level. Yeah, because I knew the moment that she heard the conversation, the moment that she sat down at the bar and she was pissed, and the moment he asked her if he was his daddy, I knew mm. where that conversation was going, and I had to go through that way. Yes. But it just, like, me knowing where the conversation was going severely downplayed the enjoyment I could get out of it. Yeah. Because I, I just wanted the scene to go to the other scene so I could I mean, learn about the next thing that happened. And, 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 and I, I feel weird because it's definitely just like a, it's definitely a product of, ooh, definitely a product of, like, me watching movies differently and me enjoying a, a certain style of film. Yeah. And then having something that clashes so heavily against that style of film. Because mm. like my the films that I love to watch are that snappy, mm. back and forth. The conversations are usually shot in singles and reaction shots. And we have like that, like, bam, bam, boom, bam, bam. Kind of like back and forth between characters. Martin McDonough, Edgar Wright, Tarantino. Like all of these filmmakers that do that kind of snappy conversation. And it takes a lot out of me to, ooh. And it takes a lot out of me. To why did that get so loud all of a sudden? I don't know. That was kind of weird. Yeah, that, that, that was bizarre. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, it takes a lot out, out of me to be able to like abandon that stylistic choice mm-hmm. and engage in a movie that's like not that. Yeah. Um. And and, and as much as I like the tension, 
I I just like by like the the first half of the scene, I was just like fucking. I get it. I mean, but outside of um, let's. I'm trying to think of it. This no. does sound very weird. It does sound weird. I think our headphones kicked in properly. That's what happened. Uh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. All right. No, no. Something's very weird. You is heard, it? Like, do you want, you want to pause and then figure it out? Yeah, let's pause because I hear an okay. echo. I can't tell what's going on. All right. So anyway, no, no. sorry. Weird technical thing that happened. Yes. Our microphones decided to be better microphones all of a sudden. Yeah. But they're calibrated to not be better microphones. Yeah. So what the fuck ever. Yeah, it uh, just anyway. happened right in the middle of the episode. <laughs> so no, but um, yeah, yeah um, but Paper Moon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just looking at it, like the only thing I could say is just like for like from a listener standpoint, like um, if a random listener was to tune in, it's like they don't know Chris Lucky at all and they don't give a fuck right. about what I like and what I don't like. You know, so I mean, I, I would... No, you just don't. <laughs> you don't give a fuck. Like I said, you don't know me. So it's like right. if I if I'm telling you this, like I don't I don't like Paper Moon, then or I love Paper Moon, it's not gonna change your opinion about it one way or another. Like it no. most likely won't because you don't know me. But it's just like the thing that I do want to give the people mm-hmm. is just like let me tell you exactly what it is and then you can kind of make your choice, you know, yeah, out, yeah, yeah. outside of my opinion of yeah, me sure. loving it or hating it. You know, so I'm like, this is what it is. You decide if you want to digest it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know for sure. Uh, but my main point, and like this is my main thing against the film, mm. is that because it is such a product of the, the 70s mm. and such a product of the period it, it emulates in yeah. the Great Depression, oh, yeah. it is a very hard watch for somebody that doesn't have an appreciation for that time period mm. or the conventions of that time period. Like myself. I enjoy, I know that it's a good movie. Yeah. I know that the performances are fantastic. I know oh, the yeah. script is one of the best adapted scripts oh, yeah. that there are. Whatever, sure, but the experience of watching <laughs> that movie yeah. did not equate to all of those things being true to me, mm. because the the sort of the the snack the, the back and forth between the daughter and the dad mm. are not visually appealing. Okay, they're not interesting visually. The most the more interesting moments visually are those tracking shots when he's about to seal the whiskey. Mm. That conversation of them following the the, the kid when he's, he's about to con somebody. Yeah. Those deep focus shots when like they're doing a con together, and like he, when he walks into the room into the shop, and then he gives the lady a twenty because uh, he paid for something that's twenty, yeah. and then that, that con when she like gets it back yeah. by crying. Like those are some really interesting deep focus shots that are there. That cinematography is interesting. The movie shots are interesting. But the conversations are so visually unappealing to me because they're literally two shots of people just sitting in a place Mm. and just vomiting dialogue at each other, which is great. But it, it's just not interesting. You know? I mean, that's I, I can I like. There's half of that. That's why I really, really love. Because like, it's just in the opinion of if if you say that you don't like it, and they're like, okay, then why not? Like, because it's not visually appealing. Okay, then give me an example. And right. then that's that. Like, that's an objective opinion. Like, that's it. Just that's is what it is. It's, yeah. it's subjective that it's not visually appealing to you. Right. But then it's objective the things that it does. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like like what you were saying. Like, I can't disagree with that. Like, it's visually appealing like the things that they're doing with the camera there's not lots of camera movement no. I mean the cinematography like it looks good like you said a lot of the wides but there's not much movement with the camera they're not telling the story with the camera by camera movement like a, a Steven Spielberg would so like yeah like that's that's straight up and down like there's no way that you can look at that any way differently because mm-hmm. that is a fact right yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah so I mean I, I can't disagree with you on that at all but I guess it's just the um, the things that I like from a movie as well I guess it's kind of like the like uh, how I enjoy like lighting a lot mm-hmm. to where it's like if the lighting was trash well not trash like you're not gonna like a trash lighting movie but right. it's like if, if, if the lighting wasn't great it wasn't amazing yeah then that wouldn't 
take away much from the movie from you because no. if, if it hit everything else, you know. But like for me, it's like the 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 movement, like telling the story with the camera and this, it didn't take away from it. Right. Although objectively, it did not do that, and it wasn't awarded. It didn't it didn't get nominated for cinematography, editing, right, yeah. or any of those things, you know. But like I said, that's something that you hold you value very highly, yeah. and it didn't do it at all, right? You know, for you. So it's like, all right, yeah. Uh, and but uh, and, and but it's weird because like again, we we travel this familiar field of me liking a movie that's critical, not liking a movie that's critically acclaimed. Mm. And and I always have a weird dissonance against with that mm. because I consider myself someone that appreciates good cinema. Mm. So like whatever is missing from this that in my opinion makes it enjoyably good cinema mm. is a, it's, it's bizarre because by all means I should like this movie. You know, like like by Time. all cinema conventions I should enjoy this movie as a film Watcher and as a as a future filmmaker, I mean, I I, I would give it Tom. I mean, just because off of what first viewing, maybe you'll hate it in twenty years. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe you won't. Like Cool Hand Luke, you watched. You was like, this movie was long as fuck. It's boring. Like, why the fuck did I watch this? And then three weeks later, it's like, I kind of like this movie. Like after you yeah. know, three just being separated from that long. So, I, don't know, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, it, 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 I think again, it comes to that that point, and which is an inter- it's another conversation entirely, but it's an interesting conversation about how cinema ages mm-hmm. and how generations watch one generation cinema and then feel completely disconnected mm-hmm. from it. Uh, and 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 I think that's fundamentally interesting in the in the talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but another well, another one of the things that really did bother me about the movie is that th- there is a moment in the film and then the beginning when we see the when they're selling bibles yes uh that whole it, it's, it's like a 35 minute thing what? where we see them traveling together and they're selling bibles mm. and they stop at like three or five houses yeah and we get the idea like they do it another purpose it serves it serves because the girl sees what the man is doing mm. and then it adapts immediately yep. and then adds into it you know Giving, taking her marks on people. Like, if the person's rich, she'll raise the price of the Bible. Mm-hmm. If they're poor, she wants to give it away. Mm-hmm. She's more empathetic. She's better at it. She's naturally good at being a con artist. Yep. I get all of that purpose that happened. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just such a heavily, it's such a dense part of the movie for something that could have been half or a quarter of that time, and I would have gotten the same information. And and so, and so and, and it just makes it boring to me because after the third time that I see it or the second time that I see it mm. I'm like I know what she's about mm. we can move on to the next bit of the story and 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 that didn't happen and I had to sit through 20 25 minutes of things that I already knew mm. that weren't visually appealing to me that weren't particularly interesting the character dynamic was the same for those 35 minutes like th- there was there was three moments that shifted it where like they met the the first bible that she sells for 12 bucks and mm. then the last bible that she sells for 24 bucks mm. but other like in, in those between those moments which happened like 10 minutes apart from each other each mm. whatever was in between those moments it was just the same as the previous moment kind of yeah they they did the 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 money trick for the first time within yeah. those 35 minutes as well i mean just just kind of fleshing out i mean that, like i said those 30, 30 minutes or so are just the fleshing out of something that within the, uh, the time frame of now, like the 1980, 1990, and 2000s, like, all right, we've seen this trope in the 50s, so it's like uh, the, we, we can get it quicker. Right. So it's like from something that you've seen heavy from the 90s, you know, in your time watching things in the 2000s and the 2010s, it doesn't take you three minutes to get a concept anymore, you right. know, but that's just the way that, that it was back then. Yeah, which I can't 
like they were, they were new ideas. Take away, you know? Yeah, I can't objectively take away from the movie's technicality because I think it was too long because those tropes have been done. Like, I can't blame the movie for being a movie made in the 70s. Mm. I can't do that. But it, it severely affected the way that I could have enjoyed I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, it's like the, uh, the Model T Ford and Ferrari uh, thing. It was like you get in the Ferrari, you're like, oh, this is the best type of car that you can have for 2018. But then you get in type of the best car that you can have in 1970. And then you're just like, what the fuck? It's like, this is the right. best that yeah. you can offer. Like, there's nothing better in 1970. Nothing better, even close. But like, it pales in comparison, yeah. you know, because I mean, it's just, it's not the same. But, but it, just appreciate it for the time. We had a lot of, we, we had a lot of characters uh, what is it good? Now are we are we low now? What's uh, happening? Uh, What's happening? Are you talking to Gordon? Say, Charles says, All right, okay, okay, okay. Are we good? Are the XLR cables doing all right? It might be XLR. Uh, I'm not sure on that. Okay, are we good? I think we're good. Now. I think it balanced out. Listen, technical issues are a pin in the dick, man. Yeah, they happen. Our, our mixer's been weird lately. All right, there we go. That's okay. a little better. You turn me down. I think so. That's bizarre. All right. What? Whatever. Uh, but what? What I was saying? What was I saying? Uh, shoot. Saying Like I, I can't take away from the movie from being at the time. Characters. There were a lot of characters in the movie. We really only have four characters, and those four characters are like four main characters. Uh, uh, yeah, that we spent a lot of time with Tatum O'Neill and the daughter, um, Madeline Kahn, Trixie Delight, and Trixie's um, uh, maid. maid person. Yeah. yeah, and the maid and Ad- and Addie's character, mm. I they're sort of a weird parallel of each other. Like like a they bit. work together, mm. they're hanging out with this person mm. because they kind of have to. Yeah, uh, and then just like Madeline and and the guy are kind of like the. This guy's a comment. She's a like a prostitute or a dancer. A, a bit. I know there's <laughs> something about that too that is like I like when you look at the the 1930s is what this is supposed to be um, visualizing, and then the, the and now. And they talk about her, her, her mother. You know, she was a lady that would, that would stay out all night in bars and dance with men. Right. And the euphemism for that, you know, is that they're kind of trying to say she's a whore. Right. You know, because anyone could be her father. You know, and I was just like taking that to 2018. And let's let's say I have Lauren like Lauren Kalukags back here, and it was like, hey, I heard that you're you're a lady that likes to go out at night at bars with men and. Dance, <laughs> you know, it's like there's there's not like completely that completely different, completely different tone. Like there's not that super negative overtone, you mm-hmm. know, of of saying something like that. But with that is just implied. If you're liking to to share the company of men, then you're you're loose, you know, right. you're a whore, or a prostitute type of that. When you just want to enjoy yourself and you're a free spirit, a bit like how uh, Tatum O'Neill's character is. She's a free spirit. She wants right, to be yeah. what she wants to be. But Madeline, yeah. I had a huge problem. I, I didn't like Madeline at all. She was my favorite character I in the movie. Well, besides hate, Tatum. I, I love Tatum. I hated yeah. her so How? much. Because she symbolizes everything that I hate in people. Like the but shallowness. She, she's not a real person, though. No, know? no, no. I, I know. <laughs> you know. I know. Like she's, she's I hated her character. Okay. I hated Trixie, I should say. But th- does that mean you liked it? I didn't. I, I didn't care for her. I didn't. Like her performance was good as she convinced was, me of great. being like an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like you might not like that 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 person is being that way, and those type of uh, yeah. people kind of make you uncomfortable. But it's just like what I do like about it is that she's just a regular person that we want to have a drink with, like as a human. And then she made me believe that she's a cunt. 
You know, like, <laughs> like seriously, like same thing, re- reason why I like uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Like he's just a regular white kid, you know, go skateboarding, you know, have, have, a, you know, have some fun. But he made me believe that you're a piece of shit that I hate on the screen. You made me believe that. So it was like, yo, you're great. Same thing with Madeline Kahn. It was like, I don't want to hang out with that character in real life. Right. Like, that's a terrible character. That sucks. But you did an amazing job, you know, acting. You know, yeah, the, her performance was good, at, like as that character. Oh, yeah. But I had such big problems with that character, and just and personally, just just the the Tatum, not Tatum, uh, Ryan, and her relationship is emblematic of everything that makes me uncomfortable in the human condition. I fucking hate the the characters that are like like Trixie. And like so, like it, it, and and I know that's the point of it. Like you're supposed yeah. to hate her, yeah, right. You're not supposed but, to like Ryan O'Neill either. But she was so obnoxious yeah. and out there as a character, yeah. That not only did it make me angry, it made me not want to watch the movie. She, I, you know? I she. By the time she gets in, introduced to the movie at like the 35, 40 minute mark, that's when it just picks up and takes it. Like it's a top five movie for me all times as far as mm-hmm. what I enjoy personally. Um, but like I said. She she comes in and she like said there she's supposed to be like a prostitute or a whore. He meets her at a, at a carnival or a fair in a kissing booth of, of sorts. Mm-hmm. We don't really know if that's what it is, but it's just a whole bunch of men lined up to go inside of a booth, pay a few dollars, you know, to get some a few minutes with Miss Trixie Delight. So um so our main character Ryan he has a no a good couple of hundred dollars from just uh being a con man and getting that two hundred dollars earlier in the in the week. So he decides he can take Miss Trixie Delight and her. Slave, made yeah. whatever you want to. It, it is a slave, slave. situation. Yeah, because she's not being paid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, she's like a nickel and a dime here and there, but that ain't nothing. Yeah, so she agrees to take Miss Trixie Delight and her slave, you know, with them. And Trixie Delight was like, "Well, shit, he's just like a, I don't know, like a, a what, what's the word? Like a weak." Weak guy, I guess. Like pussy would be the word to use like ten years ago, but like I don't want to equate oh, like, pussy like, with like weakness. Fe- feeble, like feeble. feeble. Okay, yeah, yeah, like a like a feeble type person, with a, a man without a backbone yeah. type of person. So she was like, "Well, I can just get everything up out of him instead of having him pay me ten dollars for one time. I'll make him buy a new car, make him stop every two hours to get something to eat under the ruse of that I have to go pee. You know, mm-hmm. I'll just have, I'll just make this guy do everything that I want and string him out for all of his money. Terrible person mm-hmm. is what she is." And him just trying to get some pussy, he don't see any of that. He's gonna do whatever Miss Miss Trixie with her big old titties wants to do, and that's right. not a, that's not an observation that she has some big old titties. That is actual dialogue. Miss she Trixie actually does say that with yeah. her big old titties. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, another one of my my second favorite scene in this movie is when um when uh, Tatum O'Neill uh, Addie she just finally had enough. Like I said, she's she's an individual, and she doesn't care if you're an adult. She doesn't care if you're a kid. She knows what's right and what's wrong, and she's gonna be standing up for her. Herself. So she was like, all right, I'm tired of Trixie. I'm sitting up on this hill. I'm not sitting in the back seat behind, behind no whore any longer, you know, so y'all can just sit up here. And she got to pee every five minutes. She must have the bladder the size of a peanut, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not dealing with this anymore. So um, Ryan O'Neill goes up to talk to her, can't talk any sense into her. Then uh, Trixie can't, comes up to her and she says one of my favorite lines in all of movies, and I still do it all the time today with uh, mm-hmm. with my girlfriend about bone structure. Oh my god, that line about bone structure! <laughs> Every it. time she said bone structure, <laughs> yes. I felt the rage inside Love of me grow. Yes, because she's so just out there. She comes up to him. You know, you already got a little bone structure. When I was your age, I didn't have no bone structure. Took me years to get bone structure. And don't think bone structure is not important. Nobody started calling me Madame Moselle until I was seventeen and started getting a little bone structure. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, holy shit. And it's like the, the kid, she's up there doing the exact same thing to herself because Madeline, uh, Trixie Delight, doesn't realize that her her mother is very similar to Trixie. Yeah. You know, they're very similar people. So Addie has seen this character many of times before. So you can sit up here and say all the bullshit that she wants to. She's Her mother is a real person and she's not falling for the facade. Yeah. You know, so she comes up there and she was like talking all that bone structure shit. Like, I, I'll give you some makeup so you can make yourself up. I'll even give you a nice little bra. None of that's going to work. So eventually she, she was like, you know what? She turns around. She's like, you're going to ruin an ancient. Look, I don't want to wipe you out and I don't want you wiping me out. So I'm going to level with you, okay? Now, see, with me, it's just a matter of time. I don't know why, but somehow I don't manage to hold on real long. So if you wait it out a little, it'll be over, you know? I mean, even if I want a fella, somehow I manage to screw it up. Maybe I'll get a new pair of shoes, a nice dress, a few laughs. Times are hard. You know, if you don't fool around up here on this hill, then you don't get nothing. I don't get nothing. You don't get nothing. So how about it, honey? Just for a little while. Let old Trixie sit up front with her big tits, <laughs> you know? And at that point, she was like, okay, she just leveled with me. She, like, became a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like her mother would have been like, just, hey, be a real person to me. Talk to me like a real person. Don't give me all that bone instruction. Oh, you like Mickey the Mouse? You like me? Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> you know? It's like, don't come up here with me no fake shit. Give me <laughs> something real, and then I can vibe with you. And the look that Addie gives when she finally, like, levels with her he's like okay all right i'll yeah. I'll, get, I'll get in the car for now you know so I, I really like that just like i said just the dynamic of knowing the backstory and seeing the picture of her mother and knowing her mother and and uh, trixie delight are very similar right. and then tying to the fact that ryan o'neill he seems to have a um a thing for a certain type of lady mm-hmm. you know just leading to more of the point that that very well might just be his daughter right, right. <laughs> you know yeah i mean yeah, listen, I, I, I know, I, I know, but I, I, I couldn't... I mean, get... I'm not trying to convince you. No, I, mean, I, I, like... I know you are, but like, it's just like, like the, the whole Trixie thing, like that, and I know that's like an important part of the movie, is that's like 40 minutes, maybe 40, 30 minutes of the movie, and then, but I could have just done without that bit, and then just go through the whiskey thing. Like that's I hated that character so much. I hated Trixie's characters, like Madeline's character, so much. Not Madeline's acting; her acting was Mm -hmm. good. But that whole bit of movie, I hated it so much that I almost didn't want to watch the movie after Madeline's character walked into the film. All right, that's how mad it made me. Because for me, it was it was kind of pointless. (laughs) Like you know, like it it, did it change the dynamic between. Ryan and her that much? Not really. All of that happened like near. They were they were already kind of friends. I mean, it wasn't supposed to change the dynamic. I mean, it was just trying to show that the circle that that everything was in. Like I said, the the daughter is dealing with someone who is very similar to her mother. The father, who's not her father, has a habit of picking up the exact same type of person. So I mean, just showing the full circle of it. You know, for me, this movie really is uh, was about the dynamic between father and daughter. Yeah, and and Ryan O'Neill's character and Tatum O'Neill's character. Yeah. That was the movie it was about. Yes. So if there's something that's not meant to challenge that dynamic, why is it in there? You know? Oh goodness. That's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of like how I felt about Trixie thing. Mm. Like it put in some tension between Ryan's character and Addie's character, but it wasn't enough tension to have any sort of relief when that tension is broken when Addie gets back in the car, mm. or any or any sort of relief when Addie uh, tricks him into walking into her having sex with the hotel manager. Mm. It just happened, 
and the dynamic between them was mo- pretty much the same. Uh, he was just, I, don't, I just didn't see any significant change from that part of the movie into the next part of the movie. I mean, it's it's kind of just like psychology. I mean, at that point, like um, I don't know how to like kind of. I guess just being in relationships over over time now that I kind of see that even though you're right, you kind of have to soft hand some things over. So it's like I can say this is this. And then the other person might not believe it, so right. you kind of just have to soft play it, and then the relationship can get bigger from that point after they realize that they're wrong on their own. I mean, yeah. You know, so it's like she, and that's what she did with the whole hotel manager thing. Yeah. She even says that you wouldn't have believed me anyway. No. Whatever. So it's like yes. she couldn't. You couldn't have that immediate dynamic of hey, she's a whore. You need you. You don't need to be with her. All of that, like all of the things that we've seen leading up to that, mm-hmm. it had to take place in order for their relationship to get better at the end of him realizing his own mistake. No, no, I, I, I get that the relationship at the end, like the, god damn it, the relationship at the end was, uh, you know, evolving the entire time that they're talking yeah. with each other and they're, they're driving along with each other. I get it. But like that, just like Trixie didn't do a lot of that. It was mostly them. It was, it was Ryan and, and, and Tatum's relationship that mattered. Mm-hmm. And Trixie as a character didn't do much to challenge that relationship except showing us a little part of like that more negative personality that Ryan has oh, yeah. when he's infatuated with someone mm-hmm. and then showing us that Addie had grown as a con man, oh, as, yes. a, as a con woman. Definitely so. I just didn't think it was an interesting way to show that. I, I didn't like it. I, it, it, was, it was arguably the worst part of the movie for me. Mm. That 30 minute where Trick season is arguably the worst part of the movie. And I get that it, that writing wise, it uh, you know she she made him buy the car, she made him do all this other stuff, and then that's yeah. kind of like what triggered Addie into being better at her con so that she can get her dad back and whatever. I get it. I thoroughly disliked every part of that. Like I don't I don't it's, I, I don't know what else to say. It's kind of like if in thirty years from now and I'm talking to like my daughter and then she's telling me why Deadpool sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like well, like what do you mean? Like well, it came out 30, 30 years ago and. We've had movies that but, came out, you know, so it's like... Uh. I know, but, but I, think, I think this is just like, this is just not necessarily because of the time of the movie. That's just like a decision on the writing and the filmmaking that I just can't agree with at all. I just didn't think it was interesting. It wasn't visually appealing. Trixie character was so mind-numbingly annoying that I could not relate to, did not want to relate to, did not want to watch, and like, did not want to experience. It's like very personal choice. It's like, I mean, yeah. like I said, I mean, as far as like, I can't really explain like when it's getting past like the personal boundaries mm-hmm. and then getting to like the critical eye. Like well, I can't really. Here's the thing. I, I acknowledge that it's, it's, it's well acted. It's well written. But like Madeline Kahn, it's like I said, it's still a personal thing though. Cause like she was the, one of the best actors in 1974 of any movie that came out that no, year. Uh, that's fine. I'm not but talking like, about, I'm talking about the decisions made for Trixie's character in this movie and, yeah. what, Tri- and what Madeline's character did in the movie, which is so unimportant to me that I could have done without it. I just wanted, I wanted to see more of the, the O'Neill-Ryan relationship. And after we got past those 30 minutes of Trixie, then we got to see more of that. And like the ending of the movie, I actually quite enjoyed. I mean, it, it would have been yeah. a different movie because like the first 35 minutes of nothing but Tatum and Ryan O'Neill yeah. was like boring for you because you're seeing the repeated action of something but that you got But it was repeated. Quickly. But yeah. in the ending, we get 35 or 40 minutes of the dynamic yeah. growing and changing. Yes. But it's always dynamic. It mm. keeps moving differently like they steal the whiskey they get arrested oh, yeah. like, what, like all of those events that happened yeah. finally felt like there was some tension 
that would pay off the relationship between Tatum's character and Ryan's character. Yeah. Finally, I got like anything that was happening to them would have some consequence on their relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas Priya, previous to that, anything in the movie, their relationship would not have changed drastically based on what happened because they were already stuck together. You know, like I, that, like we got the idea that they were stuck together at the beginning of the movie because he owed her two hundred dollars, yeah. and he, he made the choice to like stick with her, mm. right? So thirty minutes of work, we see them; they're gathering money. Time has passed, and they're like getting close to that debt, but they realize they have a good working relationship. Yeah. Up until that point, I get it, but after that point, nothing really happens with the relationship. It's kind of stagnant. Mm. Trixie walks in and just puts a little bit of tension on it. That doesn't really alter the relationship. Between Ryan and uh, Ryan and Tatum, mm. other than the fact that Ryan's attention is now shifted towards Trixie instead of Tatum. towards Addie, mm. and then Addie gets rid of this lady, yep. and, and 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 like whatever, and then the relationship goes back to normal. Addie gets Somewhat. rid of the lady. It's the, better, but yeah, yeah. Then and so Addie gets rid of the lady, and then Ryan's shift, attention shifts back to Addie. Mm. But then after that shift back to Addie, it's when I think the movie gets interesting. Because that's the most tension that they have. Like, they have one last bit con. They try to steal from a bootlegger. Yeah. They get caught. They get arrested. They you, run away. You enjoyed that up. part. Like, the last I 35. I enjoyed the last let's, 35. Let's talk about the last 35 yeah. minutes. Oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> Sheesh. All right. So, let's, the last 35 minutes is when they get into the uh, the bootlegging part. Right. Which is after Trixie has been left aside because mm. she got caught fucking the hotel manager. Yes. All right, so um, so they, they make up a whole con, and um, you know, so like you said, she, Trex is out of the picture. The other uh, slave is out of the picture. She gives um, she gives a bill hop twenty five dollars to go up there and fuck uh, Trixie Delight. Mm-hmm. She gives the slave thirty dollars to go back home and see her mother. Mm-hmm. So everybody's happy. Um, Tatum O'Neill and Ryan O'Neill they drive off, and uh, they're they're somewhere near Missouri, and they uh, they run into a bootlegger that uh, that Tatum is able to spot. And they they the, the plan is just go up inside of his outhouse and steal his liquor, and then sell the liquor back to this poor country bumpkin hillbilly that's not going to notice anything because they're just poor backwood tree people, right. <laughs> you know. Except he's not any of that. Exactly. <laughs> Except he's not that at all. And little does he know that this poor backwoods uh, tree hillbilly has a brother who is the sheriff of the town. Right. You know. So after they steal this, they steal it from him. They put it off in the woods somewhere, and then sells it to him. And then immediately he has the sheriff on his ass because yeah. the brother just immediately turned him in. He didn't know he was buying his own liquor immediately. He just knows there's another guy in town trying to get uh, bootleg shit. Well, no. What happened was, and, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but what happened was they sold him the liquor. Yep. And then Ryan and Tatum got in the car. And, and then left. he said, oh, we sold them back his own whiskey. He yep. was bragging about selling oh, yeah. him back his own whiskey. But the guy hadn't left. The guy was like hanging around in the area, and yeah. he overheard them say see, that they sold them back of some whiskey. That, see, now that's that's kind of up for interpretation because, like, from some like, there's one part that you can say that he's within uh, earshot mm-hmm. that he his they was able to hear it. But the other interpretation was, like I said, he's a good 200 yards off because they walked a good deal into the woods away from the cars, and they were already at the car when they when he said it and they're driving off. But that pan wasn't far at all. I mean, it did, that, that it pan was like right there. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the pan made. Some look like you're right there to the uh to the car, the car yeah. but when they walk into the woods they're walking like a hundred feet into the woods you know so the only shot that we see is him standing directly in front of the liquor smoking a cigarette you know yeah. so it's like i'm thinking and and they don't even mention the fact that he knows that his uh, liquor was stolen from him mm-hmm. like the the interpretation i'm getting is there's a guy that just moved into the town and is trying to bootleg and i'm the bootlegger for the town so regardless of what liquor you're trying to sell me i'm just going to have my brother come get you and you'll be in jail so i have the lock on the bootlegging business 
for this area. Right. Yeah. See, for me, what happened is I, I thought I, he just, I, I just he overheard. Like, he for have, me, it was that simple. He, he may have, but yeah. he, but either way, he doesn't want this guy running bootleg alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. in his area because he has the game locked down for that. So it's, it's, it's the uh, the sheriff has him and a few other people chasing them in and out of town. They're running everywhere trying to get uh, deal with this uh, the law on their ass. They eventually go into another scene, which is this awesome, amazing. Well, can I can I just say like so they're running away from the law. Yeah, they do get arrested. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they get uh, contained or um, yeah, they get detained. 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 Yeah. they do get detained. Yeah, and they make it to the to like a police station. Yeah, which is really where I think that the girl's sort of talent mm. in acting really shines. Okay. I enjoyed her very much in that scene. All right, I think she did fantastic. It's where we see her that she's actually. As smart, if not smarter, than this the the Ryan guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and and so and she was the one that sort of was the catalyst of them running away into Missouri mm-hmm. after that, because she set up the getaway and whatever. So like that that moment from when they got detained and then Addie told them to run away. That yeah. was a very tense moment. That was a very tense scene. It was shot well. Yeah. I think there were plenty of close ups, plenty of like like shot variety. Oh yeah. And it just, that scene worked for me. And I liked that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. That being said, I wish the movie had more of that. More of those sort of, like, the tension that the movie was trying to build in the earlier parts. Mm-hmm. I wish it would have been delivered as effectively as that scene did it. Because I enjoyed that a lot. All right. But uh, the, uh, the rest of the movie kind of left me. Bleh. Yeah, I liked in the uh, the back seat. So uh, she has a $625 that, uh, that they got for this bootleg mm-hmm. money. And when they get pulled over by the police, this is one of the few times where they actually are telling a story a bit with the, with the camera. Mm-hmm. So uh, they show in the back seat, they do a close-up of the box mm-hmm. where the $200 and all the money that they collect is always inside the box. And she's just slumped down in the back seat and they show the box again. And it's just like, it's just letting you know, like, fuck, they better not take this box. All that mm-hmm. money's inside the box. The very next shot the is the box sitting on the cop table <laughs> right there. And then a shot of her looking directly at her. So it's like, you don't know like what's going on. There's tension thinking like oh fuck they're gonna open this box up and then when they finally do open it there's no money in the box right. like so you just takes you immediately back to that scene it was like oh shit she was smart enough to know that they're gonna look in this box let me put this money somewhere else right you know like i mean this she's amazing like i said i mean just in inclusion she, amazing performances uh loved ryan and tatum i said i love madeline khan i mean it it's like i said it's i've never seen anything movie. else on madeline khan so if i see another movie by her and i'll probably like her because she is a good actress her performance did sell me on what she was trying to do yeah i just fucking hated that character and that little bit of arc in this movie so much i was just so uninterested by it that's what i'm saying like that's personal yeah. thing like i mean i i mean it just is what it is <laughs> yeah um but like that th- from that moment where they're into the, the gas station they run away from the poli- gas station police station run yeah. away from the police station yeah uh they make it into missouri they need to swap the car yeah uh, no, they, they don't mean they need. They swap the car with the guys after like a wrestling match. That, yes, the wrestling. Yeah. You want to wrestle? <laughs> shoes on or shoes off? Don't matter to me. <laughs> oh, come on, Billy, about to wrestle. <laughs> I love that because initially it was like, no, I'm not trading you. I don't care how expensive a new your car is. I'm not trading you for my truck. That's my work truck. Fuck yeah. off. Get the fuck out of here. So then he calls him on his pride. He was like, I'll wrestle you for it. Like what? What? You want to <laughs> wrestle? All right now. So the whole family, all all the hillbillies, all come out to the mud. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. We going to wrestle in like I loved that I loved that was that. really fun yeah. that was a really fun moment just like the moment of just like for, for time you know it's the mm-hmm. 1930s and it's just like okay we could 
we could very much use a good amount of money in the Great Depression. But it was like, no, they have their pride and they have everything that they need to live off of. They don't need anything from you, outsider. But hey, if you want to come and think you think you're better than me, if you think you're better than me, then let's get out here in the mud and let's settle it right now with this wrestling. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I love that a lot. Yeah. I, I did. I did enjoy that a lot. I enjoyed that he just won in like two moves. He just went like, and then yeah. over. Kick his ass. And like, Anything that they get into this raggedy ass truck mm. and then they drive into Missouri. And so, like, anything really from the moment that they, they're arrested into that gas station and that police station mm. to the ending of the movie, I loved. I love when they make it into Missouri. I love when he goes into his aunt's house and it has this moment of like they obviously are going to miss each other, mm. but neither of the ones who admit it. We yep. have the shot of him leaving. We have the shot of her walking into the house and talking to this lady. Then we cut back to him looking at the picture. He yeah. looks back. Addie's running. Out of that sequence, it's just, it's it's good. That part is good. It's lovely, yes. Because we're seeing really the payoff of the entire relationship where neither of them wants to admit that they like each other and they're mm. going to miss each other. And at the end of the movie, that comes back around in a nice bow when she says, you still owe me $200. Yep. And he gets mad at it. And he goes like, fuck. The idea is like, fuck, I'm stuck with this kid again. But really, he's just like, yeah, I'm stuck with this kid again. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, the, so. um, it's the, um, the Vin Diesel and uh, Paul Walker relationship. Right. You still owe me a half a second car or <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> so like, it's just like that, that little bit, good. The last 40 minutes of the movie, good. Anything, past, anything before that, I have not a lot of great things to say. All right, so uh, paper, paper movie. <laughs> like I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, especially for movies that are that good. Like I didn't want it to be a Chris feels this way about the movie, so you should or shouldn't watch it. Or Brian feels this way about a movie, so you should yeah. or shouldn't watch it. Because I'm like, the majority of people that are listening, they don't know us and don't right, give right, a right. fuck about our opinions. But I feel like I've given enough reasons as to why I didn't like the things I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I yeah. wanted to pull that out earlier. I'm like, oh, give me more than you just don't like it. Give yeah. me the reasons why. So yeah, we we covered everything. Like if you don't like it, you just don't like it. Right. But it is what it is. It's like 91% Rotten Tomatoes, four out of four Roger Ebert, yeah. Academy Award winning movie. Like, I mean, and just, just as a person, like I love, right. love the movie. And you don't have to like or love every movie that is critically good. Yeah. I was on Twitter earlier this morning. And I was like, I love um, Weekend at Bernie's, but that doesn't make it good. <laughs> and I don't like Citizen Kane, but that also doesn't make it bad. You know, so it's right. just like, you cannot like something that's good. And you can love something that's bad. It just is what it is. It, 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 it's true. Yeah, it is what it is. It, yeah. it's, it's just like, I, I feel like I do that so much. And sometimes when sometimes I'm insecure about not liking a thing, because I tend, uh, like there's a track I, history of I, me going against a trend. I don't, I just recently sent you a text message mm -hmm. saying that it's like, I understand that steak is better the way that you say that it is. Yeah. And it's like, I know that it is just because I just don't enjoy it. That doesn't right, mean yeah. that it's not good. You know, saying that like with the movie, it's like, if you don't enjoy it this way, that doesn't mean that it's not very good. It's like, hey, this isn't what I enjoy. Maybe you will one day, maybe you won't, but it's right. just like, it is what it is. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But it, it 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 happened so often that I was I was insecure about it for for a little bit. Fuck insecurity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, watch it if you want to watch it. There's yeah. something to learn from this movie. Oh, whether you yeah. like it or not, there's I quite mean, a bit to learn. There's, I mean, and like if you don't want to listen to me or or Brian, I mean, the person that that I always go to is Roger Ebert. Mm -hmm. Like I say, like Rotten Tomatoes will give you a, a good score. Sometimes bad. I mean, you can't really tell they're up and down. But Roger Ebert has seen more movies than me and Brian combined. He's a good thirty years older than me. I mean, he knows what the fuck he's Isn't talking about. Roger Ebert, dead. 
Roger Ebert. I thought the other guy was dead. Uh, Siskel. Siskel. I thought Siskel was dead. Yeah. Okay. You might be right. I mean, I don't know. I might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but one of them is dead. The other one's alive. Yeah. But, I think Roger died and Siskel is alive. I think that's what happened. I'll the website is just Roger Ebert. Yeah. Like, so Siskel. The website, like, the reviews are not necessarily written by any of the two anymore. But the website's name is Roger. Like, Roger Ebert is a brand now. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen anything that he's done for the new movies. I, I don't know. I guess anytime yeah. I'm looking up something, it's a movie that he reviewed while he was alive. Right, right, you right, know? right. So, I mean, but yeah, check him out. Like, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Like, we're, we're learning and well, we're 110 movies in. Mm-hmm. So, we have a pretty good scope of, you know, how to break down a movie. You mm-hmm. know, but listen to the episode, make an opinion for yourself, and then go out there and check other sources. Yeah, watch, watch the movie yeah. and see why I'm wrong and why I'm right and then yeah. figure this out. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what, yeah, I like that. Uh, that's that's really that's what the movie experience is, and that's what we wanted to do the podcast because yeah. we talk, we see a lot of movies where they're yeah. kind of like, well, that was bullshit, but no one explains why it was bullshit, mm. and so that's kind of like we want to demystify the idea of watching a movie and yeah. do all of that, and, and that's why I like this sort of like honest conversations about critically acclaimed movies because yeah. I, I I tend to not like a lot of critically acclaimed movies. I'm mm. sort of unintentional cinema hipster mm. because I like the directors that have to, you know, not. I mean, work within those constraints of like mainstream cinema, whatever time period they were created. You're talking about critically acclaimed movies or criterion movies? Critically acclaimed. Just like I tend to not like a lot of critically acclaimed movies. They, a lot of them tend to be criterion movies that yeah. happening, but there's a there's a there's a there's plenty of critically acclaimed movies that I don't agree with the critically acclaimed part. You know what I'm saying? I can't think of like a good example right now, but. I don't know, like yeah. crit- critics, critical acclaim is just like that the people that are work this for, I, I, yeah, all right. I'll, uh, yeah, critical acclaim is just like, 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 mean? like <laughs> critical acclaim is just like most people think in the market that this movie is worth something outstanding. Mm. Like when people say critical acclaim and it's just like this movie by the market standards did really well. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies, Blade Runner, for example, mm. like people, fucking critics love that movie. Did they? A lot, a lot of them did. Uh, I see a lot of shit about Blade Runner being like a fantastic sci-fi. I thought it was like an underground like cult type movie. It is a cult classic. But oh no, it's actually rated very high too. 90 on no. Rotten Tomatoes, 89 on Metacritic, 8.2 on uh, IMDb. Is that the original? The original Blade Runner, 1982. See? So like that's one of the best, the best examples that I can think of. You know, like, like I, Yeah, we both came out yeah. and bashed that shit. Like I, don't, I, don't, say, like, I don't care. Yeah. You can say 90% and Roger Ebert, you can say it's a 5 out of 4. Mm. But if I see it, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like take different opinions. Like mm-hmm. if Bron says this movie is shit, I see this movie is great. Roger Ebert says this movie is okay. It's just like I'm saying, like, take the, don't just go by one opinion. Like, the same thing with, like, your news sources. No. Uh, Donald Trump just says this. Hop, check your sources. Check a number of different places, and then you'll be able to get the full story. So it's just like, right. yeah, yeah. It's important to do that, but... Uh, and it, I, I think that my... That was a lot of stuttering. I'm sorry. I think that my my dislike for this movie is born more out of, like, the attention span that I have now for cinema mm. is so different from what was expected of an audience back then. Yeah, that I can't con- I can't engage with this movie on a on, on like on like a normal you know watching basis. Like I have to sit down with the intent of engaging with this movie past the first impression. If I were to get anything out of it, that's not enjoyment. You know what I'm saying? The original Blade Runner may be that way for me. Like I said, I'm looking up a Roger Ebert, and he gave it a four out of four. Right. The original Blade Runner. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. I know that he, he's not suddenly retarded. 
<laughs> like, like seriously, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like I know you're not settling retarded. There's something there that is valuable that I was not able to take away from that. Right. And my opinion was that it was like a six out of a ten movie. But mm-hmm. someone that has seen thousands more movies than me and has been in the industry for years and decades on decades has said, you know, that it's a great movie. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, you have to take different opinions and, and you know. see for yourself. Anyway, and that's the, that's besides the point. Watch the movie. Tell me, tell us what you think. Oh yeah, and then figure it out for yourself. Make yes. your own opinion. Uh, what would you rate this? Oh, I mean, uh, critically a nine. Um, as a fan, an eleven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rating at all. I mean, Man. it's just just because it's, it's in my top ten movies of all time. So like, biasly, it's an eleven for me. But just like with a critical eye, then just taking away the things that it didn't do, it's like a nine. I'm gonna give it a solid six. Yeah, that's yeah. just terrible. Like, just, <laughs> that's the lowest rating of any yeah. of anything. I, I've given a four. <laughs> no, I'm saying of any. Like, if we looked up Paper Moon and try to find the worst rating for Paper oh, Moon, yeah. then that would by far be the worst, worst. rating yeah. of anyone that's ever rated the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, that's a bit against the mean. You know, if, if like if, if 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 it would be like American Idol, or not like um like a Russian figure skating, mm-hmm. and then everybody's watching Ru- Russian figure skating. Nine, 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 eight. Oh, this person's a bit of a sticker. Like those other persons gave mm-hmm. it an eight, four. Hold on, what the f- was he watching? Yeah, what's that guy? <laughs> yeah, was the person that was watching that they gave it a four? Did he watch the same thing that everybody else watched? Yeah. Like I can understand and go from nine to seven, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that guy. And the Russian figure skating, I am that guy. <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that again later in the future. Like the, the, Russian, the Russian figure skater judge. It's yeah. like, no, it's not good enough. No, it's not good. I'm, 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 uh, in that analogy, that guy is a Simon Cowell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just... Sorry, I Simon cowled the shit out of this movie. My bad. Uh, whatever. We're going to cut, and then we're going to do the television and movie premieres. Hey, hey. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. And welcome back. Uh, the, the television and movie premieres. Yeah. Yay. Oh, yeah. Right, it looks like we have a lot more than we had last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last week, we had like one show and one movie, and that was it. Uh, so yeah, so this week in television and movie premieres from Tuesday, March the 6th through Monday, March the 12th. This is a big week, so hopefully you're into it. The first is Wednesday, March the 7th. It's Back. The name of the show is Back. Oh. It's a, uh, it's a comedy show on Sundance at 11 p.m. Uh, the stars David Mitchell and Robert Webb of the recently oh, ended... Oh, I fucking love them. The recently ended hit British comedy series Peep Show reunite with one of the show's writers, Simon Blackwell, also of Veep and The Thick of It. For a six-episode comedy series. Nice. I can't I, wait for that. David Mitchell is one of my favorite comedians. I, I mean, love him. I love these guys. Like, they were, yeah. they, like I said, Peep Show, I watched every episode of Peep Show. I think they had three seasons. But it was awesome. Like, no. very great show. I want to check this out. That classic Brit humor. Uh, All the way. Yeah. 100%. There was there was a scene on the on one of the last episodes to where a lady dresses up like a clown a bit, a kind of whatever. She's doing like a, a stage show, a one-woman stage show, mm-hmm. and she stands there in the darkness with a spotlight over the top of her. She says, rabbit, 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 rabbit. Like that was that was her performance. And she does this for like like camera time, like not cutting away like three minutes. And three minutes doesn't seem like a long time, oh, but like a, what, 180 seconds of just staring at somebody. Rabbit, 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 
<laughs> you know, at different cadences and everything. I was like, what the fuck? And I couldn't look away. You started sounding like a squeak toy. <laughs> yes. I got to show I got to show it to you after the show. It is amazing. It's, a, it's amazing. But that's the kind of humor that, that you're getting yeah. from, from those guys. That was Peep Show. They're fucking lovely. So uh, check, the, check them out on Wednesday, March the 7th, a show called Back. Uh, the next thing is going to be Thursday, March the 8th, is a show called Champions. It's a comedy on NBC at 8.30. Um... Not reading this whole rundown. Um, it's an NBC show. If you have television, you can check that out. If you like Mindy Cowling, she's the creator and writer of the show. She's bringing Anders Holmes, the guy that plays Durs and Workaholics. Um, he's going to have a best friend. They're both living with each other inside of a house. They're obsessed with working out. One of the friends has his son dropped off there. So now it's basically two and a half men with a younger demographic. Uh-huh. So. Check that out if you're into those type of sitcoms. Uh, the next thing is going to be the same day, Thursday, March the 8th, Marvel's Jessica Jones. Mm, mm-hmm. Baby. Mm-hmm. Hit me with a Jones. That's that good stuff right there. Yeah. Hit oh, me yeah. with a Jessica Jones. Mm. I fucking love Jessica Jones. Me I'm too. excited for that. Yes. That's next Thursday? Uh, this, yeah, this coming Thursday. This Thursday. Nice. All yeah. right. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, the, and Friday, end of the week, we have two shows. Uh, one show is, uh, oh, so this is a movie? No, this is a show. It's uh, The Outsiders. It's a drama on Netflix. Jared Leto plays an imprisoned <laughs> American soldier in Japan at the end of World War II who was freed with the help of the Yakuza. Yep. I, 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 I saw Chris D'Elia. I heard Chris D'Elia talk about this because mm-hmm. people were angry that Jared Leto was playing this role despite the fact that he's an American that's obviously stuck. And people thought that it was like cultural appropriation, him oh. playing a Japanese thing. Oh, get and Chris D'Elia was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I agree, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. He's supposed to be like a pre- POW, isn't he? Like a prisoner of war? Yeah, a prisoner of war. So yeah. it makes a fucking sense. What? But whatever. Well, we, whatever. Why would the Japanese have a Japanese prisoner of war? Well, I guess of treason, but that's not the story. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Tell the story. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to get into it because people tell the stories they want to tell. Yes. Suck their dick if you don't like it. Well, if you do, I guess. If don't you suck do, it. yeah, yeah. Fuck off if you don't like it. Suck their dick if you do if you like do. it. I guess that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. People are gonna tell the stories that they want to tell. Yep. Uh, sit down. Nobody mm. gives a shit. Yeah. You <laughs> choose the dicks you want to suck. Yeah. You don't suck the ones you don't. You know. <laughs> Man, that listen. That sounds like not deep at all. Mm. But but it, I mean, it is. It's your choice. Yeah, you're right, though. You suck that dick suck or not. Suck the dick you want. So don't do don't, the one that you that don't. you don't want to. Yeah. There you go. Some <laughs> fucking wisdom for you. Yeah. You can check out our, um, our philosophy book that's coming out at the end of 2018. <laughs> but that's, um, that's The Outsider uh, <laughs> with Jared, Le- <laughs> Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah. The book's called Balls Deep in Wisdom. In Balls Deep in Wisdom. <laughs> First off, fuck PETA. Second, second of all, fuck your vaccination. <laughs> You're killing kids. But not getting vaccinations. Like we're, we're a whole philosophy the second, book. The second chapter is called Tiny Red Coffins. <laughs> Fire truck red. There it's a good color for a coffin. It is. You'll love it. Uh, so yeah, that Green is apple, maybe? Red Sorry, apple. Go ahead. Uh, that's The Outsider Um, the same day Friday March the 9th I'm sure something happened right there but it's like when I'm like I'll I'll later go back to listen to episodes and then hear things that I didn't hear because I was talking I'm just (laughs) laughing at the idea of us releasing like a book quotations about the bullshit that we say in this thing and it's just like 
what really is a dick load? You know, like that. like that that could happen like when we start getting like some proper funding because yeah. like, we have so many hours of material and it's just like we could do it, but do we have the time to go through those hours and chop it up? Like I want I want it so bad to have a greatest a greatest hits episode, but then that would you know mean it would take a lot of time yeah. to cycle through. And it's not only that we add another fucking episode every week. Every week. Yeah, prep for so that it's week. Just like, so it's just it's it's hard to get. To yeah. that. Like we have to hire somebody to listen to it. Like if if there is a listener that would want to 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 work for for film's sake as a third, you know, I'm at a decent enough point to where I could pay you like below minimum wage. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the type of job you're looking for. Do you want to be an indentured servant for a podcast? <laughs> yes or no? Oh, and why? if yes, send us an email immediately. The email is for film's sake at gmail.com. Yep. And we will respond to you with a contract that will thoroughly fuck you over. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but you will have the pleasure. Of hanging of, out with us. Of hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah. every week. Priya, you can get balls deep in our wisdom. Balls deep in wisdom. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, so Friday, March the 9th, um, we have a show called Love. Love is a comedy drama. A Netflix show is, um, is by Judd Apatow. Yep. Um, Paul Rust and Gillian Jacobs are the star. Paul Rudd? Rust. Rust? Yeah. There's a dude named Paul Rust? We talked about this with Sam Setzer, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I clucked out for a lot of that conversation, I'll be honest with you. All right, so then you hear a guest. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, for, not for the Sam conversation, <laughs> oh, for, the, like, for the Paul Rudd conversation and the, like, the sitcom conversation that you guys for oh. shit that I, I didn't know about. Oh, yeah. I was looking at the waveforms the entire time. Oh, oh no, I was saying, yeah, yeah. but um, Sam, he was talking about Paul, um, about, about love and was talking about Paul Rust. Mm-hmm. And you was like, you mean Paul Rudd? Oh, Paul did Rudd? I? Yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. That's the, fine. The, uh, <laughs> this is called uh, Love. It's a comedy drama on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd Apatel, Paul Russ, Gillian Jacobs. They're in season three. Um, if you listen to the episode with Sam Sesser, he didn't like season two because uh, Gillian Jacobs, her character became a bit of a bitch. And, right. and, it's, and it's that kind of what you were talking about a bit a bit with uh, Madeline Kahn. It was like, I don't like the character. It makes it harder to watch. And that's what he was saying about um, about her character in the second season. Her character just spirals down the shithole and she's very hard to watch. You know. But I loved season two, but now you're in season three, so maybe she'll be better. <laughs> she'll be a better maybe, person. Or maybe she'll just be so much of a bitch. She she could go worse. No, she, she could, could go worse. There's room for her to go way worse. I mean, she hasn't aborted any kids yet and eaten the fetuses. Like, I mean, there's there's plenty of things that you can do. You know, I'd, I'd assume I'd assume that will make you like very powerful. You know, if if like if, if you absorb the like the the stem cells of yeah, the fetus. Yeah, you know, it's like you just keep having kids or keep keep getting pregnant, abort the fetus, abort the kid. Eat the fetus, you know, you'll become like the most powerful person on earth. I am so glad <laughs> that we are not in a position oh, come to and get show me. up in the New York Times. Come and get me, bitch. Fuck that. Because that would be like if we were like an Alec Baldwin, like if we were like a Baldwin brother, mm-hmm. we would already be in the news. So, what is what is, is do they have a problem with the fact of the, the, the lady have, having the sex that many times just to have the abortion or the fact that she's eating the fetus? Honestly, Judging on how the conservative media is portraying shit right now, how much none of it makes sense, mm. I think they'd just be angry that she's just fucking that many people. Just fucking that many people? Just fucking that many people. Yeah. I, th- I think the abortion for them would be like an issue of just like, well, if she wouldn't fuck that many people, she wouldn't kill that many babies, she wouldn't eat that many fetuses. And it's all comes down. Because this is, I'm shitting on conservative media right now and fucking come at me. Because you fucking cunts. All you want to do is blame the woman for everything. Like right. most conservative media, like a man will fuck... 70 women right. and they'll just be like oh no he's being a dude mm. a lady fucks half that amount 
And then suddenly she's a slut and her opinion doesn't matter and all that shit. So I think genuinely, if that happened, if there was a case where that happened, fucking Ben Shapiro would go in with his little nasally fucking voice and his tiny ass fucking nose. And he would just be just like, well, if she didn't fuck that many dudes, uh, she wouldn't have that many abortions. Uh So really, uh, birth control is not the problem. It's the fact that women are sluts. And he would say something like that. You're right. You're right and on then, this. Yeah. And the reason is, like the, the, the like I said, the insecurity with um, like white America, and that's the reason why they're shaming these women in the first place. They don't feel like the, that they want to control these women's bodies because it's a, a moral thing of right and wrong for them. They feel insecure within themselves that if this woman is has been pleased by 35 men, then what does that mean for me? Maybe I'm not good enough to please this woman. You know, so maybe we I'm can, sure that's part of it too. Yeah, hell well, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's like the only reason I think about it that way is just from being a black man who people assume the stereotype is that we have big penises yeah. you know so it was like if a white a white guy is with a white woman and then that same white woman is with a black man then she's automatically just looked at as devalued and it's not because she fucked a hundred people she fucked one person that is now going to make this person feel insecure about yeah. having sex with them That's you know? what it is. so it's like 35 people insecure one large penis insecure you know so it's like yeah with the insecurities of, of white America then yeah they're not going to care so much about the the superpowers that she's gaining from ingesting all of these fetus, yeah. fetuses. They're going to care about the penis that's going inside the vagina. Yeah, she could like knock down like seven buildings because she yep. got so many superpowers. She could be like a female Godzilla and just be like, well, if she didn't fuck that many people, <laughs> she wouldn't have turned into fucking Godzilla. Yep. And then she wouldn't have destroyed half of Manhattan. Yeah. And we'd all go over here like, dude, half of Manhattan is gone. That's not yeah. the problem. Well, you know, we really got to do something about her having sex. They're like, what the, get yeah. the fuck out of here? But Can yeah. we deal with the giant woman knocking down the no. fucking no. buildings? No. Nah, nah. No. Shouldn't have that, that much sex. No. Fuck you, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I have no idea who that name is. Oh, he's such a fucking asshole. Why, why are you into that stuff? Um, into... <laughs> Because I keep hearing it. No. I, I, I keep browsing the internet and I keep running into shit. this cunt. Fuck that And so he's, a, he's the kid. That, uh, he's not the kid. He's the dude that the kids at the Parkland shooting mm. are predominantly talking against mm. because he's the one that was kind of like, ah, are we going to give like, are we going to let kids run gun policy because they're experts on gun policy now because they survived the shooting? He's a cunt. Mm. He is a cunt. He just he's, tries to diminish like liberal views. Yeah. But like he cherry picks the facts, and he is a talk show or a podcast or a radio show or whatever. Mm. And he's got. Do you remember? Do you remember Martin Chicrelli, the guy that like raised the price of the the EpiPen uh. by like six hundred percent? Oh no, the idea. Yeah, I heard that about guy. that. No, that yeah, so yeah. imagine that guy, just the face is a little tiner, shorter hair. Yeah. And then imagine him talking about how women are sluts and kids don't know what they're talking about. Mm. And so imagine how punchable that person is. Yeah. And then imagine, and then make it. Three times more punchable. That's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. He is that such sound great. a hypocrite. Like yeah. what what annoys me is not his views on conservatism. Yeah. That's not what annoys me. Is that he's such a fucking hypocrite about it. Because mm. he will like celebrate people in the conservative field expressing their opinion the same way that liberals are doing it, but then condemn liberals for doing it. My only, my only yeah. beef is like I still don't know the guy, but it's just like he doesn't sound like a great person, and I don't want to yeah. promote him for another second. I mean, yeah, <laughs> fuck know? him. No, I'm saying like even even if we say bad him, or yeah. good, you know, it's just by mentioning him. That's like time that he didn't. We, he gets exposure on the yeah. Like I don't no. Let's continue to pretend like he does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, the next thing that that's that's love. So um, that's a very great show. But that is the end of television for this, this week. Cool. Superpower fetuses, by the way, should totally be a telly. Hell's yeah, superpower fetuses. 
It'd be Fuck like yeah. a great twist in like a dark sci-fi. And like we see super soldiers walking in. Yeah. And then we see like a general, like a soldier walking through the room and it's like, holy fuck, I've been injected with fetuses all the time. I mean, I, what I, the fuck? And then he goes into this Captain America next like roguelike scenario. I'm, I'm going to need to be even darker. It's kind of yeah. like with um in uh, Dragon Ball to where like after you get beat down, then you get a sensu bean, you know? <laughs> She'll be like in the middle of the fight, then she just pulls out a fetus from her backpack and just snaps the head off <laughs> and just starts digesting it for more energy. A sense of fetus. Yep. She has a full backpack of dead fetuses in there just for re- to recharge and just snapping the heads off and eating them shits. Um, that's some dark sci-fi shit, man. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. So uh, we have anything? I think that I think that's an episode right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, in, uh, that's it for television. In movies, there's two movies uh, coming out this week. The first one is Gringo. It's rated R. It's a one hour and ten minute runtime. It's an action comedy. Uh, Gringo is a dark comedy mixed with white knuckle action, dramatic intrigue, and it explores the battle for survival. Uh, I don't care. Uh, Charlie Theron is in it, and Thandie Newton. Oh, I heard about this. Hey. I don't know how, but I heard about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's that great, but Charlize Theron and Thandie Newton are in it, so I mean... I don't know who Thandie is. I know Charlize. Uh, she's a black actress. She's okay. she's in a um, uh, very great television show on Westworld. She's in Westworld. Okay. Um, but that that is Green Go, rated R. Um, the last, and this is a huge movie coming out, and I'm surprised they're putting it out so close to um, to Black Panther, is A Wrinkle in Time. It's a PG movie, one hour and nine minute runtime. It's an adventure family fantasy movie. Uh, the rundown is after the disappearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend to space in order to find him. It's directed by Ava DuVernay, who's a great uh, up and coming director. Uh, Ava DuVernay, she did shit. She she's only has two films out right now, but they both like critically acclaimed. Hold on, let me finish the thing. Then no, I'll look it up. No, it's okay. Uh, but uh, that's Ava DuVernay, a great critically acclaimed director, and it Storm, uh, stars Storm Reed. Not familiar with her, but Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon, and Mindy Colling. Nice. Uh, when you said Storm, I imagined the lady from the X Men movies. Oh, actually, Storm. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Storm. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, Oprah's in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. She she's rarely in movies, but whenever she does, then it wins Oscars. I mean, she's she's actually a. Is she fit, a good actress? She's a great actress. I, I haven't I haven't seen that. Uh, she either. was in the Steven, Steven Spielberg movie, um, uh, The Color Purple. Haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah it was uh, Steven Spielberg, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, yeah, I know the Whoopi, I know what yeah. the movie is. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, that was good. Okay. So oh, they were, oh, 13th, uh, the movie 13th uh, from 2016 about um, just how the, the American dr- uh, jail system was a business. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, forced oh, about black her. labor. That's her. Mm, get it. Yeah. She also uh, famously directed Selma, the movie about uh, Martin Luther King. She did that in 2004. Okay. And she's a producer for a show called Queen Sugar that's doing very well. Nice. But yeah, she's, she is the lady. I mean, in, in black culture, she's already a god, but just in regular culture, she's all, she has a name now. Okay, you know, so that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, that is it for television and movies. Fuck yeah. Uh, listen, we've covered everything. We, yeah. I mean, we talked about a movie. We talked about a philosophy, fetuses. I mean, oh. it's on a lot. I think, I think we can end it. We did that joint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, you can find us at underscore FFS podcast on Twitter. <laughs> Take me a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, you can find us on Twitter at the FFS podcast. You can find us on Facebook. 
fuck. Find us on Twitter at <laughs> underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archie. I'm at THA underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey, hey. And I forgot to say that you can find us on iTunes Podcast app, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Another name for film's sake. Yep. What a fucking shit show that was. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. I will, uh, uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>